After I killed them, I dropped a gun in the Thames, washed the residue off my hands in the bathroom of a Burger King, and walked home to await instructions. Shortly thereafter, the instructions came through. Get the fuck out of London, you dumb fucks. Get to Bruges. I didn't even know where Bruges fucking was. It's in Belgium. Open the pod bay doors, Cal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Same time, like it does lean itself to perspective for me. Like just in life in general, like it changed my whole dynamic. Yeah. Like I just didn't give a shit about things that I thought were important. You know what I mean? It's just no. like it doesn't matter. It's all just shit. Nobody knows what you're talking about. So let's talk about film. Let's talk about <laughs> in Bruges. Good segue. Uh, um. But that, I mean, it is a good transition because this movie is about a guy that doesn't give a shit about anything. And then something happens to where he suddenly sees the world differently. Yeah. In his yeah. World. The whole perspective yeah. now changed. Yeah. It actually is kind of an interesting segue into I mean, his I think, character. I think that was a, a big connection. You got to have those near death experiences. You got to have the cliff, the cliffhangers and you're in like real life, not just in this you know movie world, but in real life. Because it really, you know, wastes your, puts your life in perspective. You know? Changes the whole thing. Changes the whole thing. Yeah. And then so, when you see a movie like this, you're like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, let's talk. Let's movie. let's give stats real quick because I always like to give stats, which All is right. like this is uh, a film uh, called In Bruges by first time feature film director Martin McDonough. Yeah. It was made in two. It was released in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Starring. Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and Ralph Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe. 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 Is it Rafe? Well, it's, now this is an interesting nerdy side. I, I've always read it. Nerdy guys like me. If I'm completely wrong, then I'm an idiot. But at the same time, it is spelled Ralph. R-A-L-P-H. I guess I've never heard it pronounced. It's, Rafe. it's, it's Rafe. pronounced Rafe. 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 Okay. Rafe Fiennes. Well, there you go. That's my... Someone's going to listen to this. That our three listeners now. We started out with one listener. Now we have three. We have three? Yeah. I don't know who. Yeah. Thanks, Well, well, uh, well uh, Luke is going to be listening. He's oh, interested. Uh-oh. That's fine. Hey, Luke. Hey, Luke. I love it. Don't tell my parents. Hi, Luke. If you're listening, <laughs> Luke, I'm holding you to it. You better be fucking listening right now. <laughs> but I believe it's Ray Fine. So it stars these okay. three. Now, as, a, as another nerdy side note to this, I was thinking, and I was watching the film, the movie, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to stand like the pretentious asshole. It's like, it's cinema. Um, it's fine. We understand. The, uh, the funny tie-in is all of those guys, Brandon Gleeson, Colin Farrell, Ray Fiennes, are tied to the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, yeah? Because mm. Ray Fiennes is Baltimore. Yes. Wait, oh, yeah. Colin- He's uh, Colin Farrell's, but he's in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, so it's still part right. of the franchise. Okay, I was like, I don't remember him. And then Brendan Gleeson is is Professor Mad-Eye, Moody. Mad Eye Moody. And and I'm going to mess it up because I can't pronounce her name, but she's the French astri- actress, the blonde girl in the film that is is Ray or Colin Farrell's interest. Yeah. She is also in Harry Potter. Yeah, because she's the she's, mother, right? The no, no, she's the she's in Goblet of Fire, 
where the the French, girls, the French girl, the girl oh. academy comes in, the and they have the friend, whatever. students represent each yeah. school. She's yeah. the blonde girl that gets represented, and almost her sister almost dies. And Harry saves her sister. And Harry saves the sister, but she's the oh. one doing the, the the tournament or the what's it called? That's how she looks familiar. So I was thinking about it, just I, dumb stuff, and I was like, there, and I was looking at my wife, going, "They're all in Harry Potter." <laughs> so all, is that all? The, like, is, they just use all the English actors for, or the European actors for? I'd say <laughs> Harry Potter's more popular, but this movie, their performances, I like better in this movie. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Their performances are fantastic. What about them? Like what? So the other thing, and Colin Farrell gets a Golden Globe. He did. He won a Golden Globe for this, and Brandon Gleeson was also nominated for a Golden Globe yeah. for comedy or musical. What an er- odd pairing! This, I, I, I mean, I would, I don't know that I would have ever paired those two on screen together, but man, they worked well together. Fantastic! I mean, just from the from the from, from the, the get go, first frame. I mean, just like they were on screen together, it was. I mean, you almost like, yeah, it, it was really interesting to see their dynamic because you don't you don't know what's going on for for a minute you know there, it takes a while to figure out kind yeah. of where who's everyone's roles are and like what's really even happened yeah like you don't know we don't know we don't understand any story structure mm-hmm. we don't really know the context of that, where they're at and why right. they're there it's funny from the get-go though even not knowing the plot lines or the story yeah from the very, very get-go, you know, he, he's talking about, he gives a little history about what happens and then it cuts to the two of them, you know, and you hear Ray, who's played by Colin Farrell, go, well, Bruges is a shithole. <laughs> 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 and then it just gets into this thing and you see this dynamic between these two characters. One guy who's completely un- not interested in being where they're at and the other guy, who's the older guy, who's played by, by Brandon Gleason, uh, Ken, and he's like very, he's into it a little bit. He's like, oh, this is an interesting place I've never been. So their their dynamic from the get go, yeah, is, is fantastic. And the way they play it, there's there's this there, in that opening scene, there's a look from Brandon Gleason when they're walking up, and it comes up and, and he's like, they, they go, Bruce is a shithole. And then he's, Bruce is not a shithole. And he's like, and then Brendan Gleeson walks over by the little river thing and then like walks by Colin Flair's kid and like looks at him like all excited. <laughs> like, okay, we're here. This is fun. And he's, and he's like, shithole. <laughs> but that dynamic's great. And it's a part, you know, part of the writing too. Oh, the writing. I mean, can brilliant. we talk about that? Jeez. T, you like to write. I- uh, so tell you, you so give me your rating breakdown. So my rating is nine point five. It's high. I, I these last few movies have been high. It, I my criteria for this one is with dark comedy. I think you take a step back because you're going into it thinking, okay, I'm just going to laugh. I don't have to take any of this seriously. But uh, if a movie makes me like feel like I'm a different person in 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 a small way after having watched it, then I'm like, that's that's hard to do. Because most of the time, you know, either I don't want to be entertained or just be able to think about it. But if you can change the way I think about something, then 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 that that's powerful storytelling. And that that's hard to do. So I'm going into a dark comedy. I'm thinking I'm just going to have a few laughs and watch it. But you get into it and you realize 
I can't believe that this writing has the power to make me sympathize for cold-blooded murders. And, and that's in the heart. And what's funny is in his writing, I think he's masterful because he's he uses subtext. People make fun of on the nose. I can't believe how much he's on the nose with his writing, and you love it. They say exactly what they're thinking. There's no hiding it. The scene, I think, is one of the best subtext scenes where he's having a date, and she asks him who he is, and he tells him exactly who, he who is, the yeah. hell he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a murderer. I kill people for money. And I kill kids. It's just like, like this confession where he's throwing it out there. He's like suffering, and that's what he's really feeling. And, and he, he just, literally, and he, and he literally says, yeah, he I says, kill I kill, I kill kids. Kill a boy. <laughs> so like, you just said exactly what we've seen and we know, we know what you're going through. And yet you're able to flip that and make it look like it's this big, like, like nothing of it. And then she, she goes into, I'm a crack dealer. Or what does she say? Yeah. About she, a said, drug dealer. she says yeah. he sells drugs she to sells the, drugs. the Belgium uh, field crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so and then, she, and then and then he goes, do I, do I, do I look like I kill kids? Yeah. And then she goes, or no, do I look like I murder people? That's what he yeah. says. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, no, just children. Yeah. And you're That's like, right. oh shit, because <laughs> yeah. it's the same concept. Like right on the nose, she calls him out for what she never would assume him to be, which is having killed a child yeah. mistakenly. It's that And then the reverse on him when she when he's when she says that and when they lands on him, the look on his face. Like okay. was intense, yeah. <laughs> just like, like the the whole. Oh my god, you just stabbed my heart, but I'm trying to play it off because I know I just made this. Ju-. It's like, oh, and there's so- little moments of that throughout the whole thing. Yeah, because there's that at the very, you know, right on the nose stuff, and mm-hmm. and like little moments where, uh, there's no, it's all in the facial mm-hmm. expression and the performance of the actor. Like you said, like you see, you see his response. Like he's you, he's you know, and you can read it. And then there's that part where they're in the hotel room at the very beginning, and he's like, "I gotta stay in Bruges for two weeks with you," you know. And there's in a single room. <laughs> and then Ken's like, "Well, don't make, don't make me remind you." And and if you've never seen the movie, you're like, "That doesn't make sense." But you look at Colin Farrell's face. He's like, "Are you gonna bring that up?" And he goes into the bathroom and he's trying to contain himself. You know? Yeah. It, it's because he's thinking about this horrible thing that he did that he feels completely remorseful for. No, that was his first job, right? Did I? Yeah, that? Okay. yeah, that's his as a hitman. That's that his, was his, there's even a line in there where he's like, "Some hitman I turned out to be." Yeah, that's right. When, I mean, there's just so many things to talk about, but because I mean, if, I kind of went first going through. I've only seen it once, and, and I barely. I'm Brandon sorry. acts like he has things to do. Oh, jeez, I know. Other than watch Bruges. I literally watched it like four times. <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep too. If I was yeah. tired, I would just turn it on and listen to it because I fell asleep. <laughs> but and I listened to the soundtrack anyway. I mean, just just from, I would think Collins Farrell's character would be the more hardened killer from the get go. That's kind of where I landed first, and. And I kind of like Brendan Gleeson's character was more to me like almost like a friend helping out. I didn't, it took me a minute to figure out that he was just hard as nail. I mean, career criminal killer. Yeah. You know, I just, just, just the, by the way they were acting, 
you know, it, so because you don't. I mean, he's as you mentioned before, like he's he's enjoying the scenery, he's mm-hmm. doing all that sort of thing, and you know, Colin Farrell's coming there. Well, this place is a shithole, and blah 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 blah. I mean, that's the hardened criminal in in most people's minds. That's part of the brilliance of the of the writing was giving that and direction is giving that kind of stuff to Brendan Gleeson's character when you know just to kind of yeah. again it, it seems like they he tried to just he wanted to serve everything to be so uh, ambiguous and I, I enjoyed that journey I yeah. enjoyed figuring things out and it's very unpredictable. Very unpredictable. I had no idea where this thing was going. What's going to happen next? What's he going to... And and then your buy-in gets deeper and deeper, which is very hard to do. Um, Especially, I I think, with with his writing, when you have, like, five pages of straight dialogue, that's a fine line. Mm -hmm. But you're just sucked. Like, when he's talking with him on the phone and walking around the room for five minutes about, you know, is he going to kill him? Is he going to send him bowling? What's he going to do? That's a long scene, mm-hmm. and it's this guy talking into a phone. And most scenes that you shoot like that, people, you know, thirty seconds are gone. But I'm just listening to the whole thing, and I'm just like, I want to hear the whole dialogue. I want to hear this whole conversation. I know he's just going to say the f bomb, you know, as many times as he can. But that's just like that's the other thing is, I, I think a lot of movies, if you say the word fuck, it's it's shock value. It's like I can't write anything else. I'm going to throw the, the f bomb. Yeah, and, and that that that's cool, right? You know, because people, you walk into a room, and as, if I say that, if I swear, then they're gonna react emotionally to it. Whereas this film, it's it's part of really who they are, mm-hmm. right? It's everyday dialogue, and you you become not desensitized to it. You still recognize it, but it, like somehow it it's it has less power than the shock value. It's just it's the way they they communicate with each other. And and by the end of the movie, you realize that it's just you know it was really part of who they were, not yeah. some scheme to see how many times you could say "fuck" in a movie. Yeah, there's a natural you know. ebb and flow to the delivery, their dialogue, even if they're saying cursories. Mm-hmm. Like but they're on the nose with that because the lady writes the note. She's like, "Yeah, he curses a lot." And, <laughs> and by the way, I'm the manager, not yeah. the. <laughs> I am a co-owner. How do you get away with saying so much stuff that just repeating stuff and we still love it. That's, that was just amazing with the writing. On a side note of that, I love that Rafe Fiend, how do you know? I can't even say his name. What was his character name? I can't remember. Ray. Ray, Ray, Kevin and Harry. Well, who I used to call Ralph. Harry is, is Ray Fiennes. Okay. I love the late introduction to him too. Like I mean, it wasn't the the back and forth on the phone cutting to where he was gonna it was just that one sided conversation. Box. Who is I this guy? loved that. I thought that talking was... about when he calls his wife a are you talking about that scene? Which scene are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about well the the first phone call. Oh the first phone call. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. We never see the other side. We never side. see the other side. They never yeah, they never cut to a, a shot of him on the right. phone. It's just Ken the whole time. Just Ken the whole time. And we hear him through the phone. Okay, I got you. And just that's yeah and just just in that conversation, we could tell how unstable of a person Harry was. Cause like all of a sudden, like, wait, what are you talking about? Like we, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't like it. Well, this is what I've done for him. Like, and just the that, whole thing that, that Ken has to do, which like pretend that he sent uh, Ray out 
And he goes and opens the door and closes the door. And he's like, oh, that, okay, that whole he's thing. trying to like play into Harry's. That was so He's great. like, even though Ray is not in the room, he's pretending as though Ray is. <laughs> and then like trying to make sure Harry understands that he told Ray to, to leave. Go. <laughs> and you're right. You never see uh, Harry. You just no. hear him in that, in that, in that portion. That was great. Yeah. It's it's fantastic because but those yeah. those little lines of, of dialogue it, it's it's interesting to make things feel natural that would that don't seem initially natural because the, the scene that comes to mind for me is towards the end when and this is after Ken has already you know killed mm. himself oh or, after Ken this is after and 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 uh, Ray is running down the street away from Harry as Harry's shooting him and he runs back to the hotel. And that scene when they're in the hotel. Oh my god! And the owner of the hotel, this pregnant woman, <laughs> is kind of in the middle of the two of them. And Harry and and Ray are <laughs> having this conversation. It was like a civil conversation. It feels like <laughs> it feels, and, and, and it's weird because they're both supposed to be. And we mentioned this before, but if you look at how that scene plays out, you have this this kind of innocent figure in the middle, and then these two kind of quote unquote evil people on the sides of it and they're having this very humanistic very human nature conversation and they're talking about the civility the civility of having a shootout away from the pregnant woman yeah. so that she's not a, a victim and they like plan it like okay well I'll, I'll run this way and if you yeah you like, wait it. is it the left or the right well, the- well I just fucking got here didn't I <laughs> But it's like, it, but it's it's that weird honor that like, that I mean, in order to get away, he could have told him the wrong way, but he told him the correct yeah, way. Yeah, there's an get, honor code. Yeah, amongst thieves. even between Kevin, right, and Harry, Ken, 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 and Harry. Ken and Harry. They're, they're like, he's like, yes, let's walk same. to the top of the tower, and then you should be up there because they'll be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> and then they go up there, and then Ken lays out his heart. And he's like, "Look, why can't I shoot, I can shoot you?" I can't. And then, then Harry I wasn't has, just gonna leave you. Yeah, he has <laughs> this moral obligation to be like, "Well, shit, now I can't kill you." Yeah. And so they start walking back down, and then all and of a sudden they the get news about Ray up, yeah. being there, and then Harry goes, "Okay, now I get to kill you because yeah, you know, I got to get rid of you." I think and that's, then, that's the hook. Is it's this world where what if assassins had morals? Or this moral value system. Well, like yeah. you mentioned, they do. Because when you watch it, you sympathize. I'm constantly thinking to myself, I feel bad for Ray the whole time. He killed a kid. Maybe but he if, shot if a you priest. put that in a, in a church, cold blood. In a priest, he kills he killed, a priest yeah. in a church and a kid dies. Like, he's <laughs> not a good person. Yeah, but you feel like sad for him, right? <laughs> but and somehow in the whole movie, I'm going, I kind of feel bad. Like, I'm sympathizing for him. I'm feeling bad. When he goes to commit suicide on the bench and he pulls the gun oh, up and then crazy Ken, scene that scene and there's a lot of there's a lot of subtext there there's a lot of undercurrent which is uh you're ta- you're you're addressing a serious topic which is suicide and at the same time the the moral code of like Ken all of a sudden now can't kill yeah. him because he's going to commit suicide. So he was going to kill him. And then he saw him uh, ready to attempt to kill himself. And Ken now all of a sudden has this moral obligation to prevent it. Yeah. And take his gun. And take his gun from him. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What? Because that, if you think about it, if you are truly a hardened criminal, because you're saying that Ken is hardened, and I get what you're saying. 
But if you truly were, you would just let Ray shoot himself. Like, oh, sweet. Because even Ray says that later. Well, what are you doing? He's like, wait, this gets even better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this weird honor among thieves. Yeah. And it's 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 played so beautifully. And I don't want to sound like some guy that's like pigeonholing or stereotyping, but it's very Shakespearean in the way that it comes together. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to say that, that he, but do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like the way that everything kind of ends mm-hmm. and, and comes tragically. together. Tragically. Tragically. Tragic comedy. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a spoiler, but the the way he goes out in the end, would, where he, he, would he, he, he honors his own value system. And he's like, oh. I, I think I oh, shot yeah. a kid. So, and before oh, and the dialogue is like, yeah. You can't shoot a kid and get away with that. Mm-hmm. And then he accidentally does that, and or thinks he does thinks that because he, does, he yeah. shot the uh, the midget, and then he puts the gun in his mouth and shoots himself. So he honors his own code to the very end. I mean, he could have just walked away from this whole thing, but but even the worst guy, you know, you have this tear. Yeah. The worst guy even has yeah. like morals. You're like, wow, what an honorable guy. <laughs> like, you somehow me. now hold value. Yeah, like, like how how does the writing make you feel for a cold blooded killer like that? How do you? How, that's where I think it's so hard to make change your opinion of uh, and just twist it like that. I'm trying to think of another movie that plays into like you being able to sympathize with. I mean, on a comic level, like Lex Luthor or okay. you know some of the. The, the villains all have that. Then the environment's different. The, environment's and the whole context yeah. is is more surreal. But, it's not. Um, a, it's not a. It doesn't feel like um, reality. But still, it's like that ability to have a sympathize for these really, and you dark, can laugh about it. That's what characters. Yeah. yeah, bad bad people. They're well, not good people in any way. They're murderers. Yet we're we're kind of rooting. It's a weird thing. I mean, we got that a little bit with Breaking Bad, uh, to an extent. There you go. I mean, we we saw the entire journey, which is and a that, little bit different. That, that, that sets the context yeah. differently. Yeah, it does yeah. set the. But even at the very, 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 very end, when Walter White is clearly he gets a little past more. past the point of no return. Yeah. You still, because he still wants to, you know, leave some money for his family. He still, I mean, just well, he has the ethical code then to go back to his wife and mm-hmm. give her the ticket that has Hank's burial site where he buried his brother-in-law. And then at the end, he's doing everything to really free Jesse. Yeah. So he comes back with some kind of ethics. True. And, but and he's that's, done some and that's before. similarly here. Like yeah. That's ethical I mean, code. That they, yeah. They eventually through all the rigmarole and all the things that go on and the murders, it's funny. They'll they kind of find themselves coming back to these ethical practices, you know? So, and you see that in, in here too. Yeah, we don't necessarily see the entire journey, but we definitely see Colin Farrell's moment of, and man, I mean, just the, the when that father, you know, he's like, what do you say? Like the children or the kid or the little boy, the little boy yeah. and falls dead. And that reveal of that kid with the. Oh, man. Head, Jesus. But. Uh, and then the, the petty crime, like he, he was, what were his doubts or something? He had his list of. of oh, the, yeah. Like. Not good at Not even maths. sins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was killer. Yeah. Actually, like, I rewound that scene That's a like a double times. life. Yeah. Not good at maths. 
and you're, and then yeah, there's sure. some other things. But that one stood out to me because I it's a kid that can't even grammatically Pi- kid. put it together, and you're just like, oh, he's so little. Yeah. <laughs> just, that that little thing is like that. See, that's something I, that you that you think of and go, man, that just ups the ante of what just happened because now you, it put. It, I don't know. That reminds you as a kid. I, mean, I started caring, like when you see, okay, this is. It, it this is what he's going through now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Now, now he can, and then everything else is like, okay, now he can, you know, call out fat tourists, and he can punch people in restaurants. Anything he does from there on, you're like, oh, it's okay. He's suffering. <laughs> and there, and there's, there's no qualms about it. There is. There's, there's really there's not. not a lot of politically correct dialogue in the in in the sense of like. You know, they're filming midgets. <laughs> well, and, and the, the race, with the race talks and the wars, and the race like, and the wars, oh, man. And like, all this stuff. It's so unpolitically correct. Uh, but the way they talk about it, somehow it's not. No, it, it still works. Yeah. In a like, way that that but which is an interesting topic and just discussion wise. And, and, and like I'm all about just opening it up is like. Could a movie like that be made to? Could it? This is only eleven years ago, mm-hmm. but like, could that be made today? I think so. I think so. Okay, yeah. it's a different time, though. It is a different time, but what? Well, <laughs> I mistook them. They thought it came out in twenty eighteen for whatever yeah, reason because I'm a dumbass, not paying attention. Do your homework, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the teacher-student relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, but, but, so, but, I, but it, I think it, I think it's a different thing. I don't think it because it, it got a lot of praise. It got a lot of critical praise, and it won a Golden Globe. And it also was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay, Original Screenplay. It didn't win, but it was nominated. And uh, does that happen today with all the, the, the cultural context of? you know, PC nature and things like that, you know, where people, you can't speak as freely today as you could yeah. without at least, I mean, to some extent having certain repercussions. So I don't know, maybe it could, not that it couldn't is maybe not the question, but like somehow the British get away with it more than we do. There, there might be some truth to that. I, I, there's a little bit of truth to that. I think, I mean, it's, it's like sometimes I think American audience, when they hear it from a British or, a, or, or, or Scottish or Irish, Somehow it's more palatable for some reason. Is that is that just me? I, I just that, that feels that because I mean, you feel if you put that same dialogue in the hands of just some white boy hick, you're like, oh, shut the fuck up. But like when when an Irish, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Can you say the word midget? Can I say the word midget without? Oh, without having some form of repercussion. It's not a midget. He, he, he literally karate chops him and then makes fun of him mm-hmm. because he karate chopped the midget. He calls short arms. Yeah, yeah. Short arms. <laughs> and later he apologizes to yeah. him, you know. But it's just this world where you can get away with murder. And that's an underlying thing. You can get away with murder as long as you have a level of remorse about it in some sick, twisted way. And, and then our my moral system is totally whacked up, and I'm like, okay, then it's okay because it he's it works. Yeah, it works. That's that's the thing. That's the genius in the writing. 
that, that shows this. But if you're writing something, that brings me to a question. If you're writing something, you go, okay, I got two hitmen who have an ethical code. I got midgets. I got Belgian. I got uh, hookers. I got I Canadians. Got Canadians. I have fat American tourists. Like all these characters, like. That have a unique. You, you have classic shapes because you got this like Midsummer Night's Dream that you don't see into the end. They always talk about you know, this fairyland, this mm-hmm. dream world, and then they again they're, they're on the nose. They're like we're shooting this dream sequence, right? <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. know it's there, and then when you see it, like, ooh, wow, that's where he's going out, and they've got the the donkey heads and the spirits, you know, and everything. <laughs> they said that stuff was going to be there anyway. They're shooting it, you know, they're shooting yeah. a movie. But that's very Shakespearean also where they go into this, you know, dream world where did this happen? Did he, right. did he die? You know, did he, that's my question. Did he die? Well, that's the, like, if you look is at it, the ending like a, and he, talk, he has the dialogue and he's talking about, is this hell? And, yeah. the, and, and then, you know, it shows him getting taken by the, the, the medics. Uh-huh. And then what's interesting to me is that camera shot. From and the I'll gurney, tell you why, yeah. because it's, back. it's all the POV, yeah. and you see the stuff you were talking about, the fantastical kind of theatrical type, the donkeys and all the weird kind of theatrical stuff. And then it goes back into the ambulance, ambulance and he's talking with some voiceover, and he's talking about, like, I'd still be in fucking Bruges, you know? Yeah. And, and what's better, being in Bruges or dying? And then the and then the whole time the camera's moving because it's on a gurney and then it stops, yeah. and it's it's still for a second. It's like an inception moment, like you just right. You that's know, what that's exactly the, is the idea. Is like, is, make this, it, is, is he, he is he alive? Is he not alive? Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's another master thing. Again, at the very end, this guy has killed people. He's a cold blooded murderer, and, and you're like, oh, wait, wait. right? <laughs> You're like, please, how, how is how is my my moral system just totally compromised by this one movie? That's why I think was was pretty. You were like, Ray Liv. you yeah. wanted Ray to live. Ray to live, yeah, I wanted to live. Because <laughs> the whole movie's about him getting this chance that he deserves. Because he he fucked up, he killed a boy, and he's suffering because he knows he knows that's wrong. And even the worst guy in the movie knows that's wrong, and he kills himself over thinking mm-hmm. that he did that. Yeah. And so I was like, after all these guys are dead and, and his, you know, his friend, you know, throws himself off a tower to save him. So he can have the second chance. He's got to have the second chance. I want that by yeah. now. And you're like, well, maybe he gets it. Maybe. And he almost, and what's in <laughs> it next week. Well, yeah. let you know. He almost gets it again too. When, when Kent puts him on the train mm-hmm. and he's on the train and oh, he's yeah. going out of Bruges. Right. And I've never thought chance, of a movie. Yeah. Where like you're like oh he's yeah. gonna and, and then all of a sudden and, and it, there's some irony to it too if you think about it because he's on his way out of Bruges mm-hmm. and as he's pulling out on the train the the cop or the police officer he stops him we're taking you back and we're taking you back to Bruges and you're like what Cut. and the reason why they took him back to Bruges is because of something he had done earlier in the film which was punch, punch. the Canadian says. So like it was his fault that he was getting pulled back. He had gone, he had got away, and he had a chance to go start something new. But he's flaw. he's coming back because of his own doing. Yeah. So which I didn't see coming at all. I had no. 
Well, he beautifully, that's the thing about, I think about what McDonough does so good is every scene matters. There's no throwaway scenes. You know, sometimes you can go, that's kind of a filler. That's a throwaway. If you think about the setup of this movie with the way that he structures each scene, there's no throwaways. An example of that is when Ken goes, when when they're going to go up to the tower. And he's like, what are I going up the tower for? And he's like, we're going to look around. He's like, I can see everything from down here. And he goes into the tower and he's like, I'd like to pay with me coins. And he puts his, starts putting his coins out. And the guy's like, $5. And he's short 10 cents. And, so, yeah. and he's like, no, I'm not letting you up. So he takes the coins and he puts them back in his coat. Gives him a 20 or whatever. And, but then those coins are used at the end. When Ken is on the tower he to warns. save Ray, because he wants to warn people that he, a yeah. dude's going to be falling again, oh, yeah. this this he's a killer too. He's but he has the heart to want to. I don't want to kill. I don't want to jump on somebody. Just but those that outside to kill. But my point Pretty being, the kill. coins are used like every to do that. Yeah. Whereas if if he pulls them out, you know, or he there's the, there, that setup wasn't just about a guy, an employee at the tower being a jackass and a jerk not letting the guy in for 10 extra 10 less cents but like it sets up something and even as minute as it is it sets yeah. something up later so he's i think he's just masterful at tying every scene together and making every scene matter every scene matters and every decision and every decision it doesn't there's no loopholes it's no, not it's tight it's very it's tight. airtight right. even after he jumps to his dialogue i mean he's his last breath, you know, what are you going to say? <laughs> and he's still trying to help. Him. He's like, yeah, he's here. Take my gun. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He wants him to have that second chance, that third yeah. chance, fourth chance now. Yeah. And the gun's broken, but um, it's just, it's just crazy how he's showing how much he wants him to have, which is, I think the, the character changes are, are minimal, but they're huge for us. For them, it's just this constant. Like, well, I have a moral. I have morals now, you know. But for us, it's like, wow, this. You know, you turn a serial killer into this. Like, we want to help you now. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to live. Yes. I want you to run away free. How do you? I'm still kind of baffled on how to get away with that. No, I agree. So tell me, T. Tell me your favorite. Um, tell me your favorite scene. Ooh, favorite scene. I mean, uh, I always that use that terminology, but or a scene that that, that I I think again the the final scene, the final showdown, where after all they've done, the same thing happens again, but this time. So it's a bookend. It's a classic bookend where the beginning of the movie shows the fatal flaw, and at the end, it shows the character arc where Con Farrell, he's a different person. The same thing has happened. And uh, even though whether he lives or dies, he realizes now that he gets to see what the priest saw because he says the exact same thing. He's like yeah. the boy. And so somehow that is enough to redeem this character and then also um, get the villain, the comeuppance, the villain, you know, gets what he deserves because he, he, his thing is like, I'm going to go after you guys. I'm, I want you to kill each other because you killed this boy. And then I have to now live up to what my value system is. 
And he does. And he does. And that's so ballsy. It's like that that's such a that's such a well crafted scene. It says so much. And a guy accidentally killing well, killing a midget and mistaking him for a a, a young boy. A, and that's that kind of stuff is very Shakespearean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, Hamlet or Tragedy. Yeah, tragedy. That essence is throughout. Yeah. And Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, uh, what is it? Pyramus and Thisbe, the two uh, the lovers that were it's like Romeo and Juliet, where mm-hmm. they wake up and they mistake that, and it causes death, mm-hmm. ultimately death, uh, which is mistake uh, and tragedy. Mistake so like and they tragedy. mistake something, and then it becomes tragic. Uh, but that, I mean, that just shows how strong. I think uh, kudos to Shakespeare, but you know those those those. those uh, now I say that things are new things. We say that, and I agree with you because I was saying it to, earlier too, which is Shakespeare thing. What what he does well is modernizes it so yeah like makes it feel contemporary where that essence is there but it doesn't feel maybe as no i don't want to say slow but like it it has a modernization with i think i think it's contemporary comedy like there's things that are comedic about it that kind of feel new and modern and if you look at and then good good shakespearean stuff is is the mixture of the comedy with the tragedy and the drama he does that pretty good throughout. So. The dark comedy. I, I think it's funny. You, Brandon just fell asleep. Oh, sorry. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, he just I, fell I'm asleep. talking too much. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm sorry. It's not like you're working 12 hour days. <laughs> Girl, I'm dry, I'm trying, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get back in. Don't fall asleep. We're almost done. But you never see um, what it, Bruges looks like, right? It, it's not really. little it's black like box corners, theater yeah. scenes. They're very tight scenes. You well, know, that which we do see is gorgeous. Though. Yeah, it, it is beautiful. It like, is beautiful. But the, the little bit of stuff that we see with some of the shots and some of the... I try to remember if there's there's a lot of dialogue where they get to the top of the tower and he's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Look at it. And you're like, oh, You're like, <laughs> you, you, see, you see him like shooting yeah. down at Ray. <laughs> see, I thought that might have been something that came on later. I, I falsely predicted that Brendan Gleeson's character was going to take out... Uh, no, you correctly predicted because that was. No, I thought he was going to shoot. I thought he was going to shoot. Um, I thought that's why he was going back up to the top of the. Th- oh. I thought he was going to shoot him with the uh, with a gun. Um, well, from once up again, top he's not to afraid say- to, to foreshadow himself. McDonough's like, okay, Ken's on top of the tower, and we have the shot of of uh, Ken pretending to shoot Ray. Yeah. That's a foreshadow. Like Ken is going to shoot Ray. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not afraid to be like, this is what's going to happen in like 20 minutes. And then of course it doesn't completely turn out that way, but Rick, but, but Ken is going to shoot Ray. Yeah. Like, and he's telling you visually like, yeah, this is going to go down. <laughs> you know, he's not afraid to like lay it out, but it's done. So, uh, advertent that it's like, yeah. you don't know. And then you, you don't tell later. You're like, Oh, what's your favorite? What's a scene that stood out for you? Brandon's still um, trying to wake up. I'm awake. I'm awake. I just dozed for a second. I don't know. No, I stopped messing with um, I mean, the one scene I, I rewound and watched a couple of times because I was kind of trying to figure out what happened was that was him shooting the priest. 
was trying to figure out why he shot the priest in the first place. And but then you hadn't figured out that they had hit him at that point. At that Davis, point, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, "Wait, what?" And so I rewound it and, and watched it again. And then, because he says his name, he's like Harry Waters says his name. Yeah, which is very like Godfather esque. By the way, there's like a very Godfather mm-hmm. homage to it in a sense. That to me, it felt. And then it took me a minute because of the the angle was so weird. I it took me a minute to figure out that it was Brendan Gleeson that swoops in and 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 pulls him pulls away. him away. Um, but I I, I kind of have to say I think my favorite there's two part. I I loved the when they were in the tower having that conversation. Just that that op that very top. Just that whole conversation was just so interesting because just it, it didn't go anywhere I thought it was going to go as far as just like, um, just, just again, the on the nose, just like, I mean, yes, I'm going to kill you. Well, I know. I, I mean, it's, it, yeah. it was just so like. On Cause the, sometimes when you, when you're doing something, it's like you're, you're, you're trying to be sneaky about it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I want to be like creative and sneaky and I want to try to be, yeah intelligent about how i put this together and he's not he just he just speaks plainly no he speaks plainly and in the way the dialogue and it's it's like almost it was almost like two civil engineers talking about the same bridge they were about to build or something like that just because they're both they both know their job so well there's there was no point in trying to fool the other one i might kill you yeah it's like I was like, take you up there. Yeah, well, let's, I shoot you. well, yeah, was, we're professionals. Let's do this. What are we, what are we doing? You know, let's. I, I just, yeah. it was such a different twist. I, I think I just like that whole part of it, and just really just that aspect of it. And then again, when you know the pregnant lady was in there, and and yeah. that little that dialogue, and then just you know, civilly working out. It's like, well, yeah, clearly we can't. You know, she's she's not the target. You know, what are we doing? You know. And her kind of being a With that line in there where where Harry goes. And what? she's like, well, just get out of here. Like, this is my hotel. And Harry's like, well, we can't. Clearly, we can't do that. This is a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I just scene. loved it. Like, it, it, didn't, it didn't occur to, to Colin Fowler to be like, well, yeah, turn right. That'll work. I've only just got here. <laughs> I've only just got here, haven't I? They've killed civil, civil discourse. They've killed these. so many people. It's it's like another day at the office. Right yeah, yeah, that's. I guess that's kind of what it is. It's like and, and out, they don't even care anymore about being, you know, like if I get caught or fingerprints on the gun. No, you know, got, all, all, all the assassin that. stereotypes and norms are thrown out the door, and these guys are just just walk up to whoever they want. If a guy gets in your face and says. You can't go up the tower. I'm just going to kill you in front of everybody and do what I want. <laughs> and somehow that's dark and funny. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, there's so many good scenes in it. Like you can't really identify just a single. Like we did a few there, and those are good scenes. And I, the, I'll, I have a couple that just for me stand out, and they're really actually just simple. And I think they're more based in the performance of the actors. Mm-hmm. And it, it's what it's when Ken forces. Harry, or not Harry, Ken forces Ray to be on the boat at the, kind of at the beginning of the film and they're doing, they're, they're going through and, and you hear Ray go, he's sitting there like, oh, he's hunched right, over yeah. almost like a child 
And he's like, kind of, he's kind of yeah, in a temper tantrum almost. And he's like, you think this is good? And then, and then Ken goes, do I think what's good? And he goes, looking at all this stuff. Yes, I do. It's called sightseeing. <laughs> and, just, and then it cuts back to Ray and you just see him humped over like pouting. He's like pouting. Yes, yeah. exactly. that's a perfect <laughs> word. Just, He's pouting. Like, that little dynamic just sets it up. Makes me laugh every time. Um, I mean, I, I really want to go back and watch it again, knowing what I know. It do, it does beg a rewatching. Oh, yeah, insane absolutely. amount of time, but and that's that's always a compliment to a director. No, it's it? a, it's definitely a rewatchable. Yeah, many many times. I mean, you can watch it over and just kind of pull different things from it each time. You know. Um, uh, the, the other, the, the last line that I think is funny, when when is when is when Ken asks Ray, they're going up to see the tower, and he, and Ken asks him like, you don't you don't think any of this is good? And he's like, and he's like, I don't like any of this stuff. He's like, he's like, I I grew up in Dublin. I love Dublin. He's like, if I grew up on a farm and I was retarded, Bruce might excite me. And you're just like, just like the it's just like little comedic moments like that that helps. Like if you watch it because it's talking about the dark content, you think about the topics. You got suicide, homicide, uh, killing of children. Abuse, so like these abuse. little he slaps a girl or punches a girl. He, he throws well, he slaps in these little things Shoots of like dialogue that yeah. <laughs> but these little moments that just go, I can laugh. And I think that's the key to kind of make it not feel so down. Because it's yeah. not you don't feel down. You're talking about suicide, homicide, kids dying. And you don't feel like that because you're kind of keeping these sparks of comedy going with these lines of dialogue that are funny, you know? So I think that to me is the, the essence of it all. Well, and, and, and the pacing and the placement of those moments were yeah. perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, it was like this enjoyable ride where, you know, you kind of, can, but then it brings you back up and it's like a roller coaster in a way. It's just like. It's intention. I, yeah. He has intention. Every. I'm putting him here for those reasons. I yeah. feel like he's intentionally putting things in. So, so T already kind of gave out his rating. Throw it out again, though, T. 9.5. Based on? I'm a different person after watching it. Okay. That's good. Brandon? Because um, I remember nine, T went 9.5 on mid-90s last week. Yeah. That was also the same, same reason. Yeah, same concept. Yeah. I mean, movies make you think, but if you're a different person, that's yeah. I'll pay to do that because I need to. I need a lot. Teenies. <laughs> I think I'll do a nine point six five on this one. I have no idea what I gave midnight. Something like, like in the nine point two. Yeah. Um, you just like to add in the, the third digit. Yeah. Just to just to be terrible. Round yeah. up. Round up, damn it! I'm not giving it a ten, but I'm giving it. It. it what it did for me, what it it kind of um, opened up the possibilities of where dialogue can go, and and um, and storytelling in general. Just like it kind of kind of gave a breath of it was just so original the way that I mean, again, you know those those Shakespearean themes were there, all of that was there, but he pieced he put them together in a way that had never been packaged quite like that before that I've seen. And so for me, it, that kind of opened up that world of, and I started thinking like, God, what, what could you do in that way? Like, 
anyway, that, that's kind of. So I think, I think Martin McDonough is a genius and I don't throw that word around lightly. I really, really do. I think he's a phenomenal writer. Watch the other movies that he's made and he's been pretty limited because he print, he's done a lot of plays and stuff. I think he's phenomenally talented. I think he's an exceptional director. If that's your first film, the directorial choices and, and how it was put together are fantastic. Like amazing. I'm give I get this I'll give this movie a 10 out of 10 because it's that good. And I got no shame in trying to lowball it to something else because that's the kind of movie that it is. And it deserves to be. So you should watch it. 10 out of 10. I'm I'm going straight up. 10 out of 10 in Bruges. Go watch it. We need a bell or something. Ding! Yeah, we need like a buzzer. If we go, if we go, the golden buzzer, (laughs) the golden buzzer. I'll post it. I'll post it in the golden first (laughs) time. A hockey horn. (laughs) Open the pod bay doors, Kyle. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.